It is a very special Halloween edition of the WJR Sportsbook. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, not a bad night for the trick-or-treaters compared to uh, some Halloweens from years gone by. Uh, I think the rain has moved out, and it's relatively warm, so it's like 60. Can't beat that. Uh, anyway, I digress. My name is Steve Courtney, and I introduce you to my sportsbook partner, the one, the only, Jamie Edmonds. Steve, it's nice out. I just got off the trail, the Halloween trail. Is that right? Yes. Uh, I see you via this sophisticated broadcast deal here. Uh, you're not in costume. No, but I have uh, little skulls on my shirt. I'm in theme. Yes, you do. Very Steve nice. Steve has a mask on and not like a medical one. He's just wearing <laughs> a scary mask in the studio for no reason. You know, leave it to Blake to try to add some atmosphere to the Halloween broadcast. <laughs> um, now, the big question is, and everybody wants to know, what's Olivia for her very first Halloween? For her first Halloween, she's a strawberry. <laughs> And uh, more for mom and dad. We went to just our houses around our house. Very nice. Yeah, um, real cute. Well, uh, good luck. Just be careful if you're out and about because uh, I think with the warmth, uh, could bring out record numbers of trick-or-treaters. Uh, some scary moments, obviously. Let's talk about it. Uh, that went down in Ann Arbor uh, Saturday night, the 115th meeting between Michigan State and Michigan will be remembered for a long time, Jamie. Uh, Michigan gets the win, but that's really not the reason it's going to be remembered. Um, there was uh, a lot of extracurriculars. Yeah. What are you calling it? Tunnelgate? It's, it's been the talk of the town all day today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was right there, uh, obviously. And, Whatever you do, please do not misconstrue what I'm saying as defending the behavior of anybody involved. Uh, we did find out earlier today that head coach Mel Tucker announced that linebacker Tank Brown, cornerback Kari Crump, safety Angelo Gross, and defensive end Zion Young, they have been suspended effective immediately uh, after reviewing what Coach Tucker called disturbing electronic evidence of the incident. Now, the four will remain suspended until all investigations are completed. Coach Tucker didn't rule discipline for additional student-athletes going forward. Okay, so Michigan gets the win. Uh, game over. Celebration underway. But that being said, as I'm right there, you could tell that this thing was going to get lit real quick. Um, there was um, a little confrontation. On the field. This is immediately after the game. As Michigan is celebrating, coming towards uh, the Spartan sideline. And uh, making some goodbye gestures, bye-bye, all that stuff. Uh, and then there's a melee that breaks out. So, you know, I'm thinking at this point. You know that tempers are flaring right now. Wouldn't... Priority number one, become the tunnel to get everybody out in a reasonable way. And I think uh, Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh, 
I think they were working in that regard, trying to get the team separated and then go, just go. But it yeah. didn't quite work out that way. I mean, I've been on the field before for these games, and usually the team that wins takes Paul Bunyan, goes to the student section, and stays on the field sort of like celebrating. Right. Well, such was the case in East Lansing last year. Uh, Paul Bunyan was taken to the south end zone by the student section, the deep end, and the celebration was going on there. So this thing, after the game, uh, is getting dangerously close to the tunnel. And uh, the melees are there, and then they start to die down a little bit. So then I head up the tunnel. And that's when I see uh, Jamon Green. And I'm thinking to myself, and I remember it, what's what's going on here? And now, is Jamon Green number one, the guy that went up No, the that tunnel? is uh, Jaden McBurrow. Oh, okay. Now, Jaden is the player on the video who goes out of his way to join Michigan State in the trek up the tunnel. And again, I'm not defending the actions of anybody involved because it was a sad, sad moment and should not take place in college sport or sport period. I want that on the record. But at the same time, at Michigan Stadium, a tremendous venue, Jamie. There is protocol at the half because the visiting team is right by the tunnel. They leave first, then Michigan. I uh, mean, I've been there too, and it's just the one tunnel. It's been that way for 100 years. It's like, why are these incidents happening now? Well, in case in point, a little earlier, a couple weeks ago, there was this altercation with Penn State. So naturally, uh, you had James Franklin saying, you know what, something's got to be done. This is crazy. This is stupid. Uh, the Big Ten has got to look into this. Now, I've been in that tunnel in my career a hundred plus times, the now Lloyd Carr Tunnel. And until now, there has never been a problem. So it begs the question, are we just living in a different time? where everything becomes magnified. And look, you have to understand, and folks, you want a rivalry. And it's one of the great rivalries in sport, period. But you take the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this was ugly. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like everything's heightened. Our political life, yes. our personal life, you know, just everything. And then this follows suit. I mean, it's not that big a deal. It's a rivalry game. Why are you assaulting someone? Why are you, it's that upset? Well, and, you know, as I saw Jamon Green in the tunnel while Michigan State, as a program, a few players were in there. There are some, uh, I think, uh, uh, some folks associated with the program. And, um, you know, things were going back and forth because, I don't think Jamon Green was in there to talk about the Lions-Dolphins game the next day. So yeah. there was maybe some things said or whatnot. If that's the case, it shouldn't have evolved into what it eventually did. Um, but for the life of me, and I got nothing but crazy respect for Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel. I've known Ward a long time. 
But if I could ask Ward a question, it would be, why wasn't a coach or administrator put at the entrance of the tunnel to prohibit any Wolverine from, hey, look, go over there and celebrate with your team. But no, they're they're, they're going up the tunnel here. Now, that is not a good formula. No. I read that there was extra security, too, because of this rivalry game. And in some of these videos that you see all over social media, you see security there. They didn't Not stop. a lot of good it did. They didn't stop Jaden McBurrow from, again, if you saw the video, maybe you know what I'm talking about. It looks like he took it upon himself to go around and jump into the Spartans team going up the tunnel. A recipe for disaster because there was already altercations on the field. If you yeah. were a security, and there were state policemen in there in that tunnel as well. And if you were a member of the security team, did you think when McBurrow was going in the tunnel at that time that that was the right thing to do? I don't know. It's don't uh, know. It, you know, obviously law enforcement is uh, sorting the whole thing out. Uh, both coaches uh, made some statements. We'll begin with Coach Tucker saying. What transpired certainly does not reflect the program. First and foremost, Michigan State football is about integrity, discipline, unselfishness, toughness, and accountability. The incidents involved involving a small group of our players do not represent our culture. All right, you would go on to say that uh, he is uh, not to make any excuses. We're not here to make any excuses for the behaviors Saturday. They are unacceptable. We are deeply sorry. We're deeply sorry to both universities, the conference, our fans, alumni, supporters, and of course, all of our student athletes, past and present. And earlier today in Ann Arbor, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh had this to say. What happened in the tunnel was egregious. Sickening to watch the videos, the ones that are uh, that are on social media right now, and uh, also the ABC tunnel cam. It's in a in a uh, higher elevation that shows shows much more of uh, of what took place. And uh, as has been alluded to, uh, the unfortunate situation is now in the hands of law enforcement. Uh, there needs to be accountability. There needs to be a full, thorough, timely investigation. I can't imagine that this will not result in criminal charges. And again, uh, Jamie, at the end of the day, uh, Michigan, number four in all the land, get a 29-7 win over the uh, Spartans. Uh, but that is on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there could be criminal charges. And for someone to use their helmet, I talked about this when Miles Garrett did it. Unacceptable, obviously. It's terrible. But going forward, I mean, obviously something needs to be done with this one tunnel. And it seems so easy. Just let the visiting team get in their tunnel, close the door, or locker room, close the door, and then the home team can come up. Yeah, it's not rocket science. Now, listen, uh, by design, uh, there's... There's really no way to add a tunnel. It ain't happening. No. So it is what it is. And uh, if the stance is 
that it's been this way for a long time and there's never been an issue. Okay, that was then, this is now. Now there's been a couple of issues in, what, a three-week span? So, right. uh, like you're saying, you know, if the protocol is at halftime that the visiting team leaves first because they're right there, then Michigan leaves, then you better make that the go-to for everything and abide by it. I think it's kind of sad, honestly, because this is one of the greatest rivalries in college sports, and it's usually fun. This is not fun. This is ugly. No, and you know what? Win, lose, or draw. You know, the great thing about this rivalry is it's supposed to be about the game and what transpired. Why did this team win? Why did this team lose? And then you talk about it. And then the streaks. And then the infighting between Spartan and Wolverine fans. That's what it's supposed to be about. This takes it to a very unfortunate place. Um, you know, it's going to get to a point, uh, you know, where you say, man, whatever happened in the old days, there's a problem with the snap and, you know, things of this nature and, you know, how Michigan won this game dramatically and how State won this game dramatically and, you know, whatnot. The series is what it's about. So now we're in a place um, that will forever be talked about. Yeah, just like we talk about the pregame stuff when D'Antonio was still the coach, when they locked arms and right, walked right, toward. Right, right, right. You would, you would much rather focus on the football. Well, again, uh, right now, uh, it is in the uh, hands of law enforcement and Mel Tucker and his st staff saying that they will abide by whatever the investigation shows. So there you have it. And I know Athletic Director Alan Haller uh, feels the same way. And, uh, you know, if you're under the impression uh, that these two individuals, the program... Uh, all the way up to the very top. Don't feel bad about what's transpired. That You're sadly mistaken. You know, no matter what program it happens to, you don't want to see something like this. No, and I think Michigan State has done what they should have done so far. Suspended the players, cooperate with the Big Ten, cooperate with law enforcement. What else can they do? All right, well, we uh, shall see uh, where it goes from here, folks. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, at Ford Field yesterday. Again, you know, we could probably just repeat some of the Lions segments from earlier in the year, Jamie. Uh, it was the best of times and then turned out to be yet another dose of the worst of times for the Detroit Lions. We'll talk about it because we have to as we continue here with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back into the Sportsbook right here on 760 WJR. The special Halloween edition. Uh, hopefully you and yours having a, a grand old time. Uh, as I was leaving uh, for work tonight, the people across the street take this very, very seriously. It's like they got a whole tailgate set up. I mean, it's insane. I feel bad because I had to come here. Because <laughs> you turn the light out and shut all or, you know your doors and windows. Or sometimes put out a help yourself little bowl. You know, which is probably gone in like five minutes. Um, but, uh, yeah, very uh, special night. Again, just be very careful. As I can update you that there was only one Halloween costume of a Detroit lion. 
Is that right? And I said to the kid, I was like, whoa, you're brave. <laughs> well, you know what? You got to appreciate the spirit there. You know, yes. stick to the fight when your heart is hit there, young fellow. Uh, and right now, it is not good, Jamie. Not good at all for the Honolulu Blue and Silver as they fall to the Finns yesterday, 31-27 at Ford Field. And, you know, I think from the Lions' standpoint, as we've seen now twice, the most dangerous lead they can have is the 14 nothing lead. <laughs> <laughs> it, it happened in Minnesota, and that didn't pan out. So they're ahead 14-0 yesterday, 21-7. It was actually 27-17 at the half. And I was talking to you earlier, James, uh, watching CBS's uh, halftime show. Bill Cower, Cower Power, uh, was very adamant that uh, the Lions got the right guy and Dan Campbell, and he's a fighter and a competitor, and he was imploring the Lions to finish. He's saying you got a 27-17 lead. You've had problems with this in the past throughout the season. Finish. Get the win. And it didn't happen. Did they hear him? Maybe they didn't hear him. <laughs> oh, he was emphatic that, you know, Campbell's the guy and 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 this, that, and the other thing. And, you know, the Dolphins get the ball to start the second half and they score a touchdown. You're thinking, no, this, this can't happen again. Uh, but again, defensively. And it's been crazy because in the loss to the Cowboys last week, it was offense that cost him with the five second half turnovers. I thought defensively Aaron Glenn had a plan and it was okay. Yeah. It's like they fix one thing and then the other thing flares up. Yeah. Although uh, the defense has been pretty terrible last in the league. For a while. I mean, we're right. talking years here. Years. Well, uh, I was talking this season, but yeah, yeah. sure. No, How far uh, back do you want to go? It's just become very depressing. It, it really has because, you know, I'm a glasses half full guy and you're thinking, okay, all right. You know, they can, they can still turn this thing around, put a couple of wins together and let's see what happens. And now, you know, no answer for Tyreek Hill, 12 receptions, 188 yards. Jalen Waddell had eight receptions, 106 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Tua Tagovailoa, 29 and 36, 382 yards to go along with three touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, he completed 81% of his passes. And I don't think he broke a sweat. <laughs> now, you know, as we were discussing last week with Jared Goff, and it's a very interesting scenario with him because right now his career as a line is kind of like the stock market. It's going up. It's going down. Last week it was down, of course. Uh, 27 of 37, 321 yards to go along with a touchdown. Now, the question again is, would you feel good about Jared Goff being your Lions quarterback of the future? I don't know. Um, I don't know yet is my answer. I mean, it's not like they've had a great running game when they were supposed to. I think, didn't you say DeAndre Swift to the Pro Bowl? <laughs> I did. But I didn't uh, anticipate on him uh, being banged up like he has. But True. he was healthy enough to play yesterday after a three-game absence, had a seven-yard touchdown reception, which, by the way, gave the Lions that 14 uh, nothing lead. Jamal Williams, I think, very serviceable. You take that fumble away uh, on the goal line last week, uh, two touchdowns. They had a 21-7 lead after he scored for a second time early in the second quarter. 
Isn't he tied for the NFL yes. lead in touchdown yes. rushes? Yes, he is. So, look. You know, we had conversations with Frank Ragno about, you know, the, the, the demeanor of this team. And offensively, you score 27 points. You should, more times than not, be in a better position to win a football game, right? Yes. They have scored enough points to win more games than one. Yes. So, I think if you're a member of the Lions offense, it's got to gnaw at you a little bit because you're out there busting your derriere week in and week out, putting yourself in a position to win only to be uh, losing by 40 points, 31 points, whatever the case may be. It's got to be tiresome, especially, again, with the expectations going into this year. This has been a revolting development. Yeah, I mean, they've allowed 24 points or more in every single game. That's not good. But then you have the offense that goes silent in the second half. It's like the other teams adjust and the Lions do not. They can't counter-adjust. So here's the deal, James. Now you will play host to the hemorrhaging Packers uh, who did not look good at all. Granted, against a very potent Bills team. Aaron Rodgers does not look like Aaron Rodgers. You know, the receiving core that he has, I get it. It is subpar. And shame on the Packers for letting it get to this point, but I don't care. Um, Then you go to Chicago to face the hapless Bears, and then you host the Giants, and then you've got the Bills on Thanksgiving Day. So where does this thing get any better? I mean, maybe they could steal one from the Packers. Maybe they could get the Bears. Not the Bills. (laughs) The Bears are playing good. Sometimes. Sometimes. But they're having a fire sale right now. Didn't I... Yeah, they traded Roquan Smith today. To the Ravens. Yeah. It, it, it's like what the Bears are, they've decided we, we're not winning with these guys, these marquee defensive guys, and then they're just going to let them go. Interesting. Well, you know what, though? We'll talk about this for a hot second. You know, Aaron Rodgers looks old. Uh, the Packers right now are three and five. So are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, with the 45 year old Tom Brady there. And he decides he's going to unretire and come back. We were talking earlier, Jamie. Did he actually believe that there was a chance this Buccaneers team could win another Super Bowl? I, 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 I think he did. Otherwise, why would he come back? Well, he's Why would he unretire and come back and do this whole thing where he ruins his marriage? And therein lies the problem. Far be it from me to tell Tom Brady how to live his life. You know, six-time Super Bowl champ, I get it. One of the, the biggest competitors that we will ever see. But as we discussed last week, the dude should have retired after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. It would have been the perfect exit. Should have gone out on top. And you know what? Chances are better than not. uh, His marriage would have been preserved. Um, And then it's a lesson for everybody. You know, 
every once in a while you think, God, I'd like to be that dude because he's got everything, a great NFL career, a, a beautiful wife, a lovely family, and everything. It must be great to be Tom Brady. And then, you know, you have this. And by the way, they are already divorced. I don't know how the hell they fast-tracked it like they did, but it's a done deal. So the last thing I want is to see Tom Brady five years down the road really second-guessing the way he handled this. Maybe he won't. Maybe he will. I don't know. Yeah, who knows what goes on behind closed doors. You just don't know. Well, up next, as I mentioned, for the uh, Honolulu Blue and Silver, they will play host to the three and five Packers at Ford Field come Sunday. We'll, we didn't uh, even talk about the coach being fired. Which coach? Aubrey Pleasance of the Lions. Well, there's got to be a sacrificial lamb, right? Well, there's one. There's the first domino. I mean, uh, you know, if, if this season continues the way that it's going, uh, will there be others? He defended, remember, Aaron Glenn a lot. Uh, where is uh, that uh, Dan Campbell cut there? Is it on here, Blaker? All right. Looking for uh, a cut here. I'll find it. Oh, here it is. All right. This is Dan Campbell. His thoughts on where the team is now and perhaps where they're going. My, my thought is, is that as frustrating as it is, I know how close we are because we are still talking about one play. And uh, the hard thing is to just uh, keep doing your job, you know, and staying in the thick of the storm. And uh, the easy thing is to go down below and get under the blanket and eat all the food and whatever. It's the guys who are going to stay on the deck and just continue to do their part because um, they know the sun's coming. That's Those are the guys we're looking for. So, um. I don't know. What, did you pick up on what he was laying down there? <laughs> um, I think it was kind of a metaphor, like you could just pull the covers up over your head kind of deal. I think. I I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, and re- again, now there was a point in time before this season got underway that if Dan Campbell makes an analogy like that, eh, <laughs> did you hear what Dan Campbell said? And now all of a sudden, I think that luster's gone. Yeah. I also take umbrage with them being close. Who? Uh, They're like, we're so, he's like, oh, we're yeah, so yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. That, that doesn't. He's know, been lionized. Yeah, it doesn't make uh, much sense. And then they go close. and fire the uh, DB coach. Again, there has to be a sacrificial lamb. You know, we we, we fired Aubrey Pleasant, the, the, the defensive backs coach. So, you know what, we're, we're, we're going to try and turn this thing around. But to say that you are close, you know, I think from a offensive standpoint, okay, you can get away with saying that because you are very competitive offensively. Mm-hmm. Defensively, woeful. Absolutely woeful. You're 32nd in the league in a couple different major categories. And by the way, folks, there's 32 teams in the league. All right. We'll uh, take a break, come back, and uh, check in uh, with the Red Wings and Pistons. Uh, Pistons delivering some good news. Much needed good news yesterday. Uh, They're both in action tonight, by the way. And uh, just to let you know, game three of the World Series is supposed to be in Philly tonight 
has been postponed because of rain. We'll talk about that and more as we continue with the Sportsbook on 760 WJR. All right, checking in with the Red Wings. Coming off a nice 2-1 win over Minnesota Saturday night at Little Caesars Arena. The Red Wings uh, had lost 4 of 6. That's where they're at right now in Buffalo. Uh, that hockey game getting underway at 7 o'clock tonight. Uh, let me get a uh, quick score for you. They are down one nothing. All right. Hopefully they can uh, turn that around. Meanwhile, James, the Pistons, how about that? Coming off the nice 128-114 win over the defending champion Golden State Warriors yesterday afternoon. Uh, That win, by the way, ended a five-game losing streak for your Detroit Pistons. Look, I thought that was fun that they beat the defending champions. Granted, Klay Thompson wasn't playing, but it's nice to see some of those plays like – Ivy was making over Steph Curry, stuff like that. That was just fun to see. Cade Cunningham just missing out on a double-double. Had 23 points to go along with 10 boards and 9 assists. You know who I'm intrigued with? Uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. (laughs) You love him. The dude just is is money. Finishes with 21 points yesterday in that win uh, over the Warriors. Uh, to go along with uh, three boards. Uh, but w- what a sweet three-point shot he's got. Three is six, as a matter of fact, from beyond the arc. Beef Stew, Isaiah Stewart, uh, he came through with 24 points. Jaden Ivey, who you alluded to, James, with 15 points. Look, this Pistons team is a process. And uh, when they gel, I think it's going to be a, a, a great deal all the way around. You know who else loves Bogdanovich? The Pistons, because they just gave him like a $39 million two-year contract. Good for him. <laughs> you know, uh, he was brought in for a reason, and you got to admire a dude that knows what his role is and comes in and pulls it off. So uh, there's that. Meanwhile, uh, they are back in action on this Halloween night. Pistons right now at 2-5. and five. They are in, oh boy. Tough. Uh, Tough. Yeah. <laughs> They're in Milwaukee, okay, to face the 5-0 and Bucks, the Greek Freak, and Tedekumpo, and company. That getting underway at 8 o'clock. Don't they have two against the Bucks this week? Well, that would be unfair. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, it's good. Get them out of the way. You know, just, uh, I'd like a word with the scheduler, please. <laughs> uh, they must be the Tom Izzo scheduler. Izzo loves the hard stuff. I saw Tom on the sidelines Saturday night, and... Uh, you know, even by his standards, this schedule he's got coming up is Izzo on steroids. I mean, it's insane. And he starts laughing. He says, you know what, though? Make us better. Uh, he had that secret uh, scrimmage with Tennessee. And he said he really liked some of the things he saw. He's got that abbreviated roster. Guys getting more playing time. And I think it was Malik Hall that uh, said it's great because – you know, if you get off to a slow start, you don't really have to worry about getting pulled. <laughs> and you can kind of work your way through it, and it kind of makes sense. I like that he schedules that way. Oh, it's uh, not scared. And, of course, we will have it all for you right here on WJR. Uh, as I mentioned, Game 3 of the World Series postponed because of rain in Philly. Uh, the series tied at one apiece Uh, The Astros were going to send out the right-hander, Lance McCullers. The Phillies were going to respond with their right-hander, Noah Syndergaard. Uh, It was supposed to be 8.03 start tonight, but it's all been pushed back. 
Interesting note here, the sixth meeting between these two ball clubs this season, including the postseason, uh, Houston up 3-2, but it doesn't matter. I've enjoyed watching this. I still say the Phillies, they're a scrappy bunch. I've enjoyed watching it too, especially that game one. They were down 5 nothing. Coming back, I think that's great. I'm rooting for the Phillies. It's time for them. Yeah, the Strohs have been there uh, before, and the secret to their success is this. Um, they are 51-8 and eight, uh, when they hit tw- uh, two or more home runs. So it's an easy recipe, isn't it? Also, Justin Verlander in the World Series, not that great. He gave up five runs in game one. No, he, uh, you know, has had uh, lackluster performance. As good as he is. Right. His uh, World Series record is uh, not all that good. Um, and boy, did he take some heat on social media. But what does he care? You know, <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't. But I'm sure, well, actually, I'm sure he does because he's a competitor. Yeah, I know. And uh, he wants to uh, win another World Series, obviously. Um, but I'd like to see personally, look, you know, he's got one. Uh, Nick Cassianos had nothing but respect for him when he was a Tiger. Here's a kid that I think had uh, tons of talent. Uh, the powers that be while he was here, I don't think he recognized it. So he went on his way. I think he went to Cincinnati for a little bit, ends up in Philly. And uh, here's a kid that wanted to be in Detroit. Said as much. Yeah. And who's who's the uh, creator of all this? Again, Dave Dombrowski. Weird. When everyone was like, he's done, get him out of here. <laughs> And uh, what is he looking for? His uh, second, no, his third World Series with, what, his third different ball club? Is that it? I have to look it up, but that sounds right. We didn't. Because he won one in Boston. Yes. Yes. This would be his second World Series win. Okay. By the way, just fun fact for you guys. Yes. I know you love fun facts. You know who plays Thursday Night Football this week as well? Oh, boy. The Eagles and the Texans. So it's Philly-Houston there, too. Uh, <laughs> way to go. Great fun fact by you. But so that will probably be a dog game. All the Philly fans are going to travel to Houston, and uh, there might be a good atmosphere there. Oh, there's going to be a hell of an atmosphere, and might I point out, a tremendous bash. Wow. That's going to yeah. be something. Uh, Monday night football tonight. The Bengals and Browns in Cleveland. Bengals have turned it around a little bit. They got off to a slow start. They're four and three right now, and they are listed as a three-point favorite on the road to the two and five Browns. We'll kibitz about that as we continue with the sports book here on seven sixty WJR. All right. So uh, last Monday night, uh, it was the uh, Patriots and Bears. Uh, Uncle Steve uh, had the Bears. Uh, Jamie. Uh, took the pats and laid wow, the points. Wow, I was way wrong on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your husband, Ryan, scolded you for making that selection. The minute I got off the radio, he goes, I told you not to do that. So now maybe I could help other betters, but you just take the opposite of what I take. Um, tonight, uh, it's okay. Uh, the four and three Bengals in Cleveland to face the two and five Browns. By the way, the uh, Brownies... You know, we have it bad here in Detroit, but our friends in Cleveland have really had it not much better. Uh, Browns, you see, are riding uh, their first four-game losing streak under their 
fine head coach Kevin Stefanski. Uh, the Browns, as a matter of fact, enter tonight's uh, home game against the Bengals in outright desperation mode. Another loss to an a- AFC North opponent could be curtains. Curtains! <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's <laughs> picking the Browns to do anything this season. Um, well, you know, Baker Mayfield, he uh, was such a polarizing figure there uh, in his duration. And then he goes to Carolina, and guess what? It's not much better. <laughs> I don't think he was that bad. I was never a fan, but uh, I didn't really get a chance to see him up because, remember, there was whispers before this season got underway that Baker Mayfield could be a lion. Yeah. And that did absolutely nothing for me, but uh, whatever. Meanwhile, the Bengals, uh, they got off to a horrible start, 0-2, and uh, they have won four or five since. They're coming off that 35-17 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Joe Burrow. Just love watching this dude play. Love Joe Burrow. And I don't think you can, you know, count him out ever. He's such a gamer. Uh, yeah, he had himself a game against the uh, aforementioned Falcons. Threw for 481 yards, three touchdowns, and he uh, scored another TD on a one-yard run. However, here's a little something-something, Jamie, for you to think about. He is 0-3 in his career against the Browns. Hmm. Interesting. I still think he and the Bengals win this thing. Also, the Bengals are 0-14 in their last 14 primetime games. Really? Yes. You are just full of fun facts. That's interesting. That's a that, that's a gambling fact for you. Lay that on us again. 0-14 in their last 14 primetime games, the Bengals. Hmm. Well, listen. The uh, Browns, like their current quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, has said, back's against the wall. We're going to come out with uh, Fist of Fury for crying out loud. So there's going to be that. Huh? All of Ohio will be rocking tonight. Yeah, the entire state is shut down because, uh, (laughs) you know, this game is uh, underway. I'm interested to see Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase, too. What's going to happen there? Because uh, there's there's quite a void. How long is Chase out for? I thought I four read, to six. Yeah, weeks. four to six weeks. So. And he's pretty good. Yeah, he's a good football player. Yeah, had a couple of uh, touchdown receptions last week, so uh, it's got to come from somewhere. Uh, by the way, Nick Chubb, NFL's leading rusher, uh, he's going to put on a show tonight. You heard it here first. Pro Bowl. <laughs> I just don't hand that out willy-nilly. <laughs> now, oh really? You weren't mocking me. Neither one of y'all were mocking me at the beginning of the year. Yes, we were. You weren't mocking me. I said, "Whoa, are you sure?" Are you mocking you about what? DeAndre this, Swift, that, or just in general mocking? No, De- DeAndre <laughs> Swift. To see the, the the way he started the year, you were all on board, and now look at you turning on me like Dobermans. Uh, Pro possible Pro Bowler. This is for you, Steve. Kenneth Walker, maybe. Yes. Hmm. Rookie offensive rookie of the year. Of the- certainly in line for that. You know, he reached in that uh, now epic touchdown he had. He reached twenty-two miles an hour, which for a human being is pretty pretty quick. 
Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Cousins on his touchdown run reached 18. Kirk Cousins that did? Yes. Kind of... Not Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yes, I swear. That machine must have been broke. <laughs> <laughs> Now you see, though, how much the Spartans of last year relied on Kenneth Walker. Oh, there's uh, absolutely no doubt about it. And another fun fact, if you go to Kenneth Walker on ESPN's Seahawks page, for college, it says Wake Forest. But Blake and I did this research together this past week. When you go to NFL.com, it's Michigan State. Steve and I make a hell of a research team. Wow. It's just whatever you need to know. Boom, 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 boom. We can Google just as fast as anybody else. (laughs) You have fast fingers. So, yeah, you know, in closing, just got a little bit of time left. Oh, which way you want to go on the wager? Oh, man. I think you're down four right now. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of Miller lights. I'm going to say Bengals with the points. Even okay. after all these stats we laid yes. out. Yes. We are, um, we're handing Jamie stats. You were you were pointing out danger at every turn. Yes. <laughs> and she is ignoring it. And uh, you know what? She is just throwing caution to the wind right now. Right. Like, what's another night? case of beer? Right. <laughs> I'll be up five. That's 30 beers. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm keeping score. Okay, so you are taking Cincinnati. And you are laying me three. Yes, I feel like that's not that many points. Last week was just too many points. <laughs> but you still went but with they it. lost outright, too, so the points uh, didn't really matter. Didn't come yeah. into play, really. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So it is written, so it shall be done. Uh, as it applies to uh, what's going on with uh, Michigan State and uh, Michigan, again, uh, it is in the hands of law enforcement. And as we discussed at the beginning of this show, uh, head coach Mel Tucker says uh, whatever law enforcement decides, he and uh, athletic director Alan Haller and the powers that be at Michigan State will abide by that. And, uh, you know, just a very unfortunate, unfortunate way to end the 115th meeting between these two fine schools. So, um, but I'm still saying it could have and should have been avoided. That's all. Yes. Agree. All right. Jane, uh, there's a rumor going around. You're coming back to the station next week. Yeah, that's my plan. Very exciting. Okay. Looks like I'm going to have to wheel in some beers or something for you. Yeah, I'll let it ride. I'll let it ride for a little bit. Uh, Blaker, thank you. Thanks for listening to WJR.